season five of The Score, the Team Roping Journal's podcast, where we cover the roping industry from top to bottom. This is where the team roping world talks. We talk through tough subjects, we talk big wins, and we talk real issues affecting the community. I'm your host and editor of the Team Roping Journal, Chelsea Schaefer. Hey everyone, this is Chelsea Schaefer. Welcome to The Score. It feels like forever since I talked to you all. A lot has happened in the month of August. Uh, Big things, little things. uh, And I was at the Royal Crown the last time I recorded an episode. So that feels like a whole lifetime ago. Uh, Since then, my child started kindergarten. Obviously, that's a big deal. She turned six, a whole bunch of other stuff. And then, of course, we were in Texas for a video shoot for Roping.com with Tate Kirkenschlager. It was awesome. You were really going to enjoy uh, that footage of his futurity horses and his outside World Series of Team Roping uh, training horses that you will see on Roping.com if you are a member. Oh, I think I have a promo code for you all, come to think of it, on Roping.com. If you go to Roping.com and you're at the checkout page, you can type in promo code SCORE15 and you will get 15% off your membership. It's a smoking deal, especially if you get it for the year. Uh, you'll get live streams. I think we're going to have have uh, some really cool events coming up. I can't wait to tell you about them a little bit later, Uh, but we're going to have a big release on some of the cool stuff that we're going to be streaming on roping.com. So if you're like a UFC junkie and you love to watch the pay-per-views, it's kind of like that, except roping 24-7 plus instruction uh, with Trevor Brazil, Miles Baker, uh, Patrick Smith, Jake Barnes, Clay O'Brien Cooper. We're getting ready to drop so much new stuff. Brad Lund, Tate Kirkenschlager, uh, Dakota Kirkenschlager, all kinds of stuff. So definitely roping.com score 15. You will get 15% off and it'll be a smoking deal. All right. There's that. I feel like sometimes on this podcast, I don't tell you enough about what all we have going. So I will just fill you in on a few more updates right now. If you uh, follow us on social media, on Instagram, anything that you're following, we're on it. Uh, We are doing Women in Rodeo Awareness Month in the month of September. That means we will have all kinds of stories of committees who are pushing the sport forward as far as expanding the sport with allowing more women in, getting equal money, taking care of the ladies when it comes to the ground and the barrel race, making sure the horses stay safe, uh, making sure the breakaway ropers have good calves, uh, the people who helped the sport get rolling as far as the barrel racing and the breakaway way. Uh, legends, up and comers, we are going to cover it all to make sure everybody gets a little bit more familiar with the movers and shakers on the female side of the team roping industry and rodeo industry as a whole. So uh, look for stories on Tammy White and uh, Beverly Robbins and Wanda Bush. Of course, Women in Rodeo Awareness Month is brought to you by Durango Boots. Their endorsees are Lisa Lockhart, Jordan Briggs, Stevie Hillman, and Kelsey Jones. Uh, So we're going to tell you some of their stories throughout this entire month as well. So I hope you all enjoy. Hope you follow us on all social media on TeamRopingJournal.com, BarrelRacingMagazine.com, and TheBreakawayRopingJournal.com. They are the partners in presenting this whole entire month honoring women in the sport of rodeo. Before you get started, today's episode is brought to you by Fastback Ropes. You'll learn more about it at the commercial break, but check them out, fastbackropes.com.
if you are listening to this episode, you might have clicked on the link on our Facebook page that is telling you that we're going to talk about the lions of longevity, the heel horses. You know, if you listen to the episode a, a month or two ago, we did the head horses, the longest lasting head horses in the game. And today it's all about the heel horses. Now, If you have been listening to this podcast for a long time, I think you can probably guess a few of the horses that are going to be on here uh, because these are the goats. These are the legends. Um, Julie Mankin wrote this story. Julie Mankin is the reigning WPRA uh, Media Award winner. We are so proud of the work that she has done for us for 25 years. Uh, She's been a great partner of ours, and I am honored to read her story. It's always fun uh, to get Julie's articles in in my email. you know, you'll notice she's in the magazine every single month because she is just great. So thank you to Julie for this story. Thank you to everybody that we talked to. And thank you all for listening. Uh, this is an audio edition of The Score and of the Team Rope and Journal's Lions of Longevity Part 2, The Horses That Set the Most Steers Down by Julie Mankin. <laughs> Plenty of goats agreed that the longest lasting head horses are made of heart crossed on toughness. Now we tip our hats to even more road warrior heel horses. With them, being in a hurry seems to be the common denominator. That is, of course, along with the love of the game. We've got a runner. Just about any heel horses that lasted up to 15 years on the gold buckle highway had both lightning speed and the fire breathing motor that goes with it. Not many people know that the Hall of Famer Rich Skelton's late great Roni backed into virtually every box he encountered over his 12-plus years on the road on a hefty dose of ace. Switchblade's face was plenty scarred from spooking and running off, but the super-fast bay hummed along for a steady 15 years under four NFR veterans. And what made Clay the champ Cooper's immortal Ike so good over a full dozen years? He was a virtual runaway. I'd let people ride him that asked to get on, and he'd scare them a little bit, Cooper recalled of the horse on whom he set an NFR average record that lasted 27 years. He was basically running off down the arena, but then when the steer turned, he was in the right spot. That's exactly how three-time world champion Jake Corkill describes his first trip on Jackal, the late legendary Dunn that amassed $2 million over 16 years for six veteran healers. Both Ike and Jackal were plenty watchy. Neither wanted petting nor craved affection. They wanted left alone to do their job, and they'd give you 100% every trip. Farriers couldn't get around Jackal, and Ike was bad to set back. But he could also mortally fly. He was truly truckle-bred on top and out of an own daughter of Driftwood Ike. Plenty of speed, too, characterized the mare that kicked off Alan Bach's extraordinary Hall of Fame career. Papoose was so miserable to warm up that Peggy Bach sometimes had to do the deed. I'd just get fighting mad, Alan said. That mare was so ignorant to ride that she'd have me so upset I could barely rope. But on her, Bach won the BFI and Salinas in his very first year. Not only that, but she was it. She gave Bach every jackpot run, every practice run, and every rodeo run from the mid-1970s through the mid-80s. She was never out of position because of how quick her feet were. From point A to point B. 
another of the quickest footed mounts in history, was also one of the longest lasting. Freckles Taz garnered five different top three finishes for Heel Horse of the Year over a full decade for Kenny Harrell. The year after Bach borrowed Jackal to win his third world title, he borrowed the ridiculously fast Taz to win the NFR average with Chad Masters, plus a new earnings record and a gold buckle for Masters. Taz could run like the wind, Bach recalled. He kind of thought he should run by the corner, so I had to ride so far back that he could not get by it. That's how I rode him at the NFR, like two strides back. And the way Chad handled them made it look easy. But it's not just any horse that you could hold so far back and he'd still get there, or you could rope that fast. Bach nailed down another gold buckle on Dunny eight years after the mighty little two-time PRCA AQHA Heel Horse of the Year won an AJRA national title with 16-year-old Steve Northcott and then packed him to five NFRs. Northcott said Dunny, who enjoyed humping up during a cool morning slack as he tried to dally, is still the fastest horse he's ever saddled. It's no wonder... The triple chick bred Dunn that barely reached 14 hands was out of an own granddaughter of Seattle Slough. He could run right with Scooter at Salinas, Northcott marveled. After Charles nodded, I'd watch, and Dunny's head would stay right even with Scooter's hip all the way to the steer. He was just a kid when his dad, at first, refused to buy Dunny, saying he was too small, wouldn't last six months. Fourteen years later, two BFI championships, ten straight NFRs, and a gold buckle later, Joel Bach had him back at the junior rodeos. I don't have anything to back this up, Alan said, but I think it's the high-energy component of these horses that makes them quick-footed. It's like people. Some are just lethargic, and some can go hard for a long time. Wound tight may be another way to say high-energy, but either way, Alan might be right. Adrenaline is a known pain reliever. In some guys, and in some horses, it pumps extra hard. Dunny could be sore-footed, but when Steve backed him in that box, it was like just giving him butte, Alan recalled. You could just feel his little heart get to pumping. And the last thing he thought about was pain. Devotion. Is it coincidental that Alan Bach, in his 30 NFR appearances, actually rode five of the 10 longest-lasting heel horses in history? He said it was a big-headed grade horse out of Mexico that taught him what he needed to ride later. Hollywood would quiver and threaten to flip over every time he was cinched up, and though he wasn't ate up with speed, he gave everything he had every single time. He could control his footwork, said Bach, who got a good seven years out of Hollywood. He could take a hellacious jerk from a steer running up the rope and then go on the very next steer like it was, go ahead, hit me again. It was a Rocky Balboa kind of deal. Some horses take one little hit and turn into a coyote, but this horse was tough, a warrior. And while Bach is fairly certain horses don't have human minds, he'll swear up and down that Dunny absolutely loved team roping. With people, you can tell when they hate their job, he said. I've probably had 50 horses in my lifetime that hated roping. I think Jackal loved it. He had to. Jackal, for the record, was sold to Magnus in the 90s because his owner thought he wouldn't stay sound. He won his last NFR go-round at the age of 24 after winning everything possible to win. In 06, Bach only ran 13 steers on Jackal, despite Jones assuring him that the old horse could take NFR practice runs. I roped one steer one day, and I had such respect for the horse that I got off, Bach said. The next day, I ran one more, and one more the third day. We placed in seven rounds, and I won the average with a money record and won the world. 
Travis Graves got 14 years out of Superstar by not using him up. Plus, he said the gelding had a bigger bone and good confirmation that helped him last through several NFRs, three wildfire wins, a BFI victory, and more. I tried to take really good care of him, said Graves. I knew he was my ticket to make the finals. If it was muddy or the ground was bad, I tried not to ride him. Starbucks, who gave five-time NFR healer Ryan Motes a good 15-plus years, was a bit like Jackal as he got older in that he didn't want to stay home. During Starbucks' last season on the road, Motes joked that you ride him at the house and he feels like a kid's horse, but you get him to the rodeo and he knows half the words to the national anthem. He's lapping the warm-up arena. Today's episode is brought to you by our partners at Fastback Ropes. For close to 30 years, Fastback has been developing best-selling ropes by listening to their customers. Fastback offers a variety of ropes with a size, weight, and style to fit every team roper. And their most recently released rope, the Cure, is the first and only team rope built with the Polycore. For every Cure sold, $1 is donated to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. If the cure isn't for you, they've got the Cobalt, the Excalibur, the Venom, the Mach 3, the Mach 4, the Centerfire, the Instinct. Holy cow, there's a lot of ropes. Check it out. You can find all of them at fastbackropes.com. You can find a retailer so you can go swing one near you. And you can shop for ropes right there at fastbackropes.com. And remember, Clay Tryon, he just broke the $3 million mark in professional rodeo. He is now the richest team roper in professional rodeo history. And he did most of that winning with a fastback rope. Again, fastbackropes.com. love of the game. Veterinarians added years of longevity to these legends. Dr. Richard Gailey's x-rays helped Cooper's farrier keep Ike sound. As for Dunny, he'd run so many thousands of steers, literally 50 to 60 a day, that Bach bought him crippled. But under the late Dr. Van Snow's guidance, they cut his runs by a third, nerved him, and used medication to haul him pain-free five more years. Then, of course, there's self-care. Cooper laughs about Ike's penchant for sleeping on the trailer. I'd go to get him off after a long haul, and he'd be standing there asleep, Cooper recalled. He would sleep standing at the rodeo. Every now and then, he'd startle and kind of jump and look around when he woke himself up. Cooper hauled a second and third horse to save Ike for the high-stakes runs. At 21, he was still sound enough that Cooper ran a few on him in preparation for the 2006 NFR. But Cooper knew he'd never forgive himself if Ike got hurt, so he sent him back to retire with Ozzie Gillum, who'd raised and trained him. When I quit hauling him, he lived in a pasture next to Ricky Green's arena, Cooper remembered. Anytime Ricky would rope or give lessons, he'd holler at me and say, look at this horse. Ike would be right behind the boxes and stand there and watch however long they roped. Another wonder horse that made the career of more than one man was Ricky, the blaze-faced sorrel on whom Lee Woodbury won the 1983 NFR average, on whom Cooper won the BFI and won the world in 88, 
and on whom Bach won the world in 90, followed by five straight NFR round wins in 93. But just as many horses were won in shows, from Superstar to Starbucks to Cesar De La Cruz's great Johnny Ringo, over 14-plus years. In Bach's opinion, longevity most often results from the magic connection between a particular horse and rider. Look at Scamper, Bach said of the Hall of Fame barrel horse. That sucker was tough. Ten straight years of hauling and winning, and I never saw him limp, even with a knot on his knee. But Charmaine rode him so precisely perfect. And Charles was that way with Scooter. I don't think we'd have the same results with, say, Sherry and Scamper, or Jake and Scooter, or me and Roni. There aren't enough pages here to list all the gritty heel horses that spent the better part of a decade on the road. In fact, last month we forgot to add Nicholas, the sorrel two-time world champion headhorse that gave Matt Sherwood 14 years. It's bound to happen here, too. So many others dropped the flag a few million times, from Cody Cowden's Blue to Leo Camarillo's Stick, from Rich Skelton's Chili Dog to Jade Corkill's Ice Cube. And credit for a million miles over at least a decade goes to Paul Eve's Cadillac, Denny Watkins' Banner, and Corey Koontz's Iceman. To some extent, they all had a supernatural will to win that Bach relates back to basketball legend Michael Jordan. Bach will never forget at Red Lodge, Montana, when he borrowed the longest-lasting elite heel horse in history and Jackal pulled off the impossible. That was always the fastest rodeo of the fourth, Bach recalled. This steer comes out, and I miss the haze. He cuts so hard right over to the grandstand. Joel hooks him way out there and brings him straight back over himself. Before I can even think to use my left leg or inside rein to try to help Jackal get in some kind of position, that horse literally side passes at a dead run to get to the outside and make that pocket, gets his body framed up, and gives me a shot like I'm roping the pipes. We won the rodeo. Coolest feeling of my life. He was Michael Jordan. It's comparable to the real Jordan's infamous flu game of the 1997 NBA Finals. In Game 5, MJ dropped 38 points in 44 minutes, including the buzzer-beating three-pointer, to lead the Bulls to the series win over the Jazz, all while about to pass out from food poisoning the night before and in desperate need of an IV. Only freaks want to win that bad, and only horses with big motors that truly love the game will do whatever it takes on steer after steer after steer for year after year after year. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really love these stories. I'm sure you've all noticed because we uh, we always do them as audio episodes and we love to tell them. So thank you for stopping by and we will talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.